Welcome to the Fan Engagement Podcast by Genius Sports. I'm your host, Megan Kane. We'll chat with leaners from leagues, brands, teams, and broadcasters about different ways to engage fans and grow your organization. Aiden Lyons is the Chief Growth Officer at Williams Racing. He popped in ahead of the Formula One season to discuss his formula for crafting a fan engagement strategy, as well as the wide-reaching impact of the Netflix series, Drive to Survive. Take a listen. Hey, Aiden. Good afternoon. Where are you Where are you chatting at us from? Today, I'm from New York, down in Tribeca. I'm not in England. I'm not in Bahrain. Uh, but probably over the next couple of weeks, I will be. So I'm, I'm enjoying being in New York. Okay. Oh, so is New York your home base where you spend most of the time? New York is where, um, yeah, our Williams offices are in Tribeca. Um, they're obviously, the factory is based in Grove. And the Grand Prix are all around the world. So... I'm happy to be home. Fair enough. Moving and grooving with the races. I hear you. Yeah. So uh, you have quite, you know, a varied background and quite an extensive list of, you know, working and building your career around marketing brands and driving fan engagement. You know, you spent almost a decade at the global brand, the NFL, uh, but now you're with a British Formula One team that has such a strong family legacy. How do you, you know, come in and how does that impact like your fan engagement strategy coming from those two varied sides of the coin? Um, Well, I mean, I think I have a little bit of a cheat sheet in this one. So uh, those who know me will know I actually grew up in Ireland and I came to the States on a soccer scholarship. Um, so when you grow up across the pond, the other side of the pond, Formula One is always a presence there. You follow your Liverpool, your Manchester United, your Celtic, and then you follow Formula One. It's always that kind of cool sport that's really kind of, you know, glamorous and a little bit sexy. And you, so you follow it. So growing up, I knew of the legacy of Sir Frank. I knew about Nigel Mansell, Damon Hill. I knew about the seven drivers championship, the tank constructors championship, being an underdog. So it does have a very huge presence and a huge, large fan base. The one thing about Formula One is it is a global sport. So your fan bases are large. Obviously, we have a large UK fan base, large US fan base. I think we'll get into Drive Survive later. Um, but we have a large Brazilian fan base, a large Mexican fan base, a large Australian fan base, a large fan base in Asia due to Alex. So I knew going into this, there was a large fan base. Um, the piece which has helped me get to where I am today is the likes of working at an organization like the NFL, where you grow up as a, in a very large organization with a very powerful brand that you go into any conversation and say three letters and people instantly recognize what you do. But as most people know who've worked at the NFL or worked with the NFL, they do everything very well, whether that's the product on the field or whether that's the product off the field. So grounded in spending 10 years of an, in the NFL, starting off in digital media, starting off doing business intelligence analytics and marketing, going into marketing and then branching off into more of the broader event space and data-driven and personalization and customer journey, it puts you in a good position to understand how you would start from scratch and what are the components you need to build a platform that any fan base will, will engage with. So I think the combination of working for a large brand, understanding the potential of another brand and bringing those two things together 
is where it left in a really strong position when I walked in the door at Williams Racing. You segued me perfectly into my next question for you, because I'm curious, you know, you came in to Williams Racing just right off of the back of Drive to Survive. And with that varied background and experience, as well as knowing like the legacy of the brand, kind of growing up with it, like, where did you start? Take me back to day one. Uh, so day one is an interesting one. You walk into an office and um, I'm in the offices of Darlton Capital, who purchased Williams. So I walk into a very sterile office full of investment bankers and you've got this guy standing in the corner who's used to sports memorabilia and people high-fiving and yelling and, and it's very quiet and there's a lot of PowerPoint going on. So I'm like, oh, wow, this is going to be interesting. But I just started off with the usual question, like where is the fan base? How are they engaging? What are the touch points? How can I make those touch points better? <clears throat> you know, obviously you depend on the standard research. If we looked at Nielsen and Nielsen says this, 391 million Williams fans globally. Our social was strong, but we've done some things to improve the content. So we've grown that by about 2 million to about just over 6 million now. Where the real point for me, where we were underserving our fan base was on the digital properties. Our digital properties, our website, app, store, were all almost like a very corporate-based website, which we would just use to do a press release or something like that. And it really wasn't a point or a home where we could create edit editorial content, where we could give an experience where you'd want to come back multiple times. So we really set about first listening to our fans and doing some research on what they wanted. Second, kind of like, how do we take, like you said, take all the learnings from all the sports I've been involved with and not necessarily follow what everyone else is doing in Formula One. Um, I think Formula One is a little bit behind other sports in the sense of fan engagement. Um, so we had a little bit of a, a, a gap there. So essentially what we did is redo the platforms, create editorial content, 10 to 12 articles per day, 10 to 12 videos per day, some exclusive content to the site, some exclusive original programming to the site, created a live experience for Grand Prix. One of the first things I noticed was on a Grand Prix, which for those who don't know is, you know, Friday's qualification, sorry, Friday's practice. Saturday qualification and Sunday's the race where there's not a sprint. Um, we did nothing on digital. So why would people come to us? So we create a live experience and then we gamify that live experience by saying, if you come to our live experience, we'll give you a digital badge that you can collect and add to your, your pan profile and your driver card. Um, and then what we did with some of those badges is we created them into t-shirts and they're still our best selling, selling items. So really to creating uh, the digital properties to be a destination for a couple of reasons. We all know that the wall gardens own and control the fan journey. So you're never going to be able to extract value from your fan base there. So bring the fan base to digital where you can control and own that fan journey. Give them a value proposition as to why they, they come. Um, and then over time, we'll create more value for them. But also our job is to extract some value. But hopefully at that point, we've created a relationship, created a connection. And we'll be able to utilize that to extract value, monetary value from our, from our fan base. Fair enough. Uh, switching gears just a little bit, because I know you spoke a little bit earlier about some of the metrics that you guys have seen at Williams. You know, you're entering your your third year uh, with Doralton kind of at the helm. Um, and, you know, you're kind of working on combining the legacy of the brand with this new American ownership. How do you tell that story to fans? How do you keep them engaged through that? Well, I mean, I'll be honest, like Williams is a, is a British band brand. So Frank 
is a very English icon. Um, I don't think we want to change that. I think the voice and the center will always be British. I think where the stories fit together is Darleton is a very entrepreneurial based company. Williams is a very entrepreneurial based company. Now, yes, over the last couple of years as the performance declined, are we not where we want to be? Are we going to get where we would like to be? Yes. So I think where the stories fit together is we are the underdog again. Uh, and there is going to be, like I said, things and risk taken to get us back to where we need to be. Um, and I think that's where the stories combine. Darleton's given us the ability to invest in what we want to do, which gives us the ability to grow, which will give us the ability to climb back at the performance, will give us the ability to bring the fans closer to us. So I think that's the key thing. I think there's something uniquely, you know, Americans love the British. The British love the Americans. The British don't want to admit that they love the Americans. They just want to be coy about it. So I think that it, it fits very well. I do know from other experiences, particularly in the, in, the, in the football world, if you don't give an authentic, and by football I mean soccer, not American football, if you don't give an authentic voice to that property, it tends to fail. And I think that's what the US fans want. From, from what I see, in both from um, just pure engagement metrics and then researches, they want the right to survive on steroids. They want more behind the scenes. They want to know where the drivers die, what time they go to bed, how do they sleep, who their girlfriends are. But they want it from an authentic place, right? They don't want it to be staged. They don't want it to be, you know, they want authenticity, right? They want to know who Alex Albon is. They want to know how Logan Charlotte grew up in Florida but end up driving go-karts in the UK. So that's where I think the synergies. It's in the entrepreneurship, the journey back to the top, and that ability to to uh, go from zero to hero again. Speaking a little bit about Drive to Survive, you know, when you came in, Drive to Survive had just released its kind of first season. How did you kind of capitalize on that? And, you know, what what opportunities for growth did you see through the release of that series? Well, I mean, the, the impact Drive to Survive on the U.S. Is, 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 it's amazing. I mean, I'll be honest, when I, when I left Relevant and I told people where I was going, the amount of people that walked into my office, I'm like, oh, you're going to Formula One? I'm like, I, more than when I left the NFL. And I was like, wow, it just kind of hits home. And then another thing, I was in um, Trader Joe's with a Williams jacket on, and this 16-year-old girl comes up to me and goes, oh, Formula One, Williams Racing, I love it. So the impact on the US, on the US has been absolutely crazy because Formula One had been in the U.S. prior to Drive to Survive. Now, we even see it in our numbers, like all of last year, you know, the U.S. up, up until Austin was number two in engagement, number two in commerce, number two in volume. And come Austin, it just flipped. It was number one through the year and number one by a sizable amount. And even starting off this year, it's the same. So the impact has been, has been phenomenal. How we've taken, taken advantage of it is... We've done some geo-specific things. We've ran some ads, um, TV linear, CTV, US-based only. We've done content uh, specific to the US. We've rebuilt our commerce store and built a uh, fulfillment center in Miami in the US. So you can now get your Williams gear in two days or five days as opposed to 19 days. Uh, so we really have focused on servicing that audience. But to be fair, we need to get in front of that audience and tell them who Williams are. 
because I personally feel they'll like the story, they'll like the brand, they'll like who we are, they'll like an underdog. Americans do like an underdog. So I think we're positioned well to to be number one team in the US. Yeah, we, we do like an underdog. We like a good story. Um, now you've spoken throughout the interview and then a little bit in our conversations beforehand about some of the metrics that you guys have seen and they are quite impressive. What do you feel like got you to those to such high metrics so quickly? Uh, I think it's a combination of two things. I think it's recognizing that you have access to content, you have access to the drivers, uh, and then it's how you position that, right? So for example, if, if we listen to what the fan base said, the fan base said, I wanna go behind the scenes. So we created the Williams warm-up, which was Williams staff, no talent. It was all behind the scenes content and we released it either prior or before a Grand Prix, and it would literally be all the things you, d you didn't know about Williams or wanted to know about Williams. For example, I didn't even realize that, you know, 10 years ago there was only 16 Grand Prix, and then now there's tw 23, until one of the engineers who was talking about how there used to only be 16 Grand Prix and how it's grown and the impact that's had on the team and the stress that it has on the team traveling to all these incremental Grand Prix and so on and so forth. So it's taking advantage of that access and then combining it with some of the digital learnings over the couple of years. So content is one thing, but you then need to combine that with some digital features, right? So for example, when you sign up for Williams, you get a driver card and you can personalize that driver card. You get your own helmet, get your own number, you pick your favorite current drivers, legacy drivers, esports drivers. So personalizing that experience. And, and then um, gamifying, like I said, collecting the badges has been very popular. And, the designing of the badges has been extremely popular and then turning that into the digital. Then I think we created some other products like our pit wall predictions, which is a almost like a predictor fantasy product for the fans to engage with so they can predict on it. We're enhancing that product this year. And then a component that I learned from, from the NFL is Grand Prix are similar to the NFL in the sense that you have a, a downtown area where everyone stays and then you have a racetrack no, which is about 60 minutes away, right? So everyone stays downtown and then kind of goes to the track and then there's a hectic time with the track and then comes back. So I said, why don't we build some fan activations that are downtown as opposed to trackside for a couple of reasons. One, the people that come to that downtown area have more time to spend and the throughput's better because there's not 450,000 people mulling around a track. Two, from my perspective, I don't have to compete with other brands like a Red Bull or a Ferrari. This is Williams, you come and experience Williams and it's completely immersive to Williams. Um, and then uh, just the ability to have the drivers to come to those activations and give a unique experience where you can come in and get an autograph from the drivers where when you're trackside, that doesn't really happen. It doesn't really happen in other places. So, and also, you know, Yost Fairness Tomb came to a lot of the, the activations last year and we just got a new team principal, James Valls. I'm pretty sure he'll be very keen to come and meet the fans and listen to them. So it's a combination of the access you have, the content you can create, and then adding digital features, and then creating a physical component, which kind of just goes beyond the, the digital social realm. I mean, our average visits to, to our digital properties is up 30, 40X. A number of registered users is up 50X. Um, a number of video views is up, uh, I don't even want to say it's like 300X because we're, cutting up the content and slicing and dicing and pushing it out. So, and, and going to this year, we're seeing similar growth. 
Now this season, you know, you guys have signed an American driver, a young kid, like, and we've danced around it pretty much this whole conversation, but how does that kind of fit into your fan engagement strategy, bringing in that U S audience to an even higher level? Um, you know, especially with drive to survive also releasing its third season. How, how does that work for you all? Yeah. I mean, but, uh, Logan stands on his own. I mean, he, he, he's been a great driver in formula one, uh, two, two, three and four. So his record speaks for itself. So he's, he's earned the drive. However, the fact that he's US based does help us and obviously leading into Miami where he's from, we'll do a lot of promotion around that. Um, so it, it definitely helps. But even though previous to that, we saw a huge US engagement. I mean, the decisions to make the commerce platform and create a US shipping uh, fulfillment center was taken before we knew Logan even had his super license. So um, that's great. But there is definitely a connection there with the younger US fan base. And that's the other definitive thing. We do see a difference in the two sets of fan bases. US fan base is younger. Their appetite for content is huge. UK fan base, more mature, more mature in knowledge of the sport and get their sources of, of information from multiple sites. Um, but yeah, we will definitely take advantage of Logan and hopefully a very successful year, which will produce some more content, which we can then push out to the fans. Um, so yeah, we'll be, we'll be, Definitely taking advantage, but there's a lot of pressure on Logan. I mean, it's his first year in Formula One. He's 22, 23, so he's a lot of work to do. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can only imagine. Um, and you know, drive, drive to survive is still crazy popular in the states. How do you, you know, entering this next season? How do you continue capitalizing on that growth and making sure, you know, kind of driving those fans towards? Williams and turning them into, you know, even like how do you monetize that and keep engaging those fans off the back of that popularity? I think you have you have to get out there and get in front of them, right? So you have to uh, make sure that you're you're creating your physical activations. Make sure that your digital activations are a little bit different than others, and you have something special. Uh, make sure that you create a value proposition for that fan base. Like what what am I giving you that you're going to come back and visit me? For example, we do a lot of uh, virtual signed autographs where fans can come and meet the drivers virtually and they get a virtually signed autograph. That way it gives a scale. So we can do it you know, for far more people than we can do with a fan activation, but we still, we're going through the fan activation. We've actually had a lot of success with programmatic and CTV advertising to get in front of fans because we see a lot of similarity in, in channels like Vice and so on forth, which have a younger audience and the audience that we're trying to reach. So. It's literally about how do we get in front of them? How often can we get in front of them? And then telling that story, like we told about telling that story about how we were founded by Sue Frank, Sir Frank, how we brought us up from nothing to, to all the success we had and how we're about to go on that, that journey again. And we, we want those fans aboard that journey to get us back to the top. Um, so yeah. And being authentic all the time to that fan base. For sure. And how do you bring in sponsors on that growth? Like, how do you make sure that they also get to capitalize on that growth and that they're still happy? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, well, first of all, a lot of the numbers we talked about is how you talk to them and tell them the story of like what you built, how you built it, how this platform is better for you to engage with, um, and how you use that data to tell them like we we will be the platform that will get your your customers engaged with our brand and lift both brands. Um, so first of all, it comes from the data. The second thing I think it comes from is, is being a partner and delivering for them beyond any other team um, and really working with them to, the, to their deliverables and your deliverables and going above and beyond. Because I think that's something I definitively learned at the NFL. You have to 
has to be a partner, not a sponsor. And if you work together, you'll get the results that you want. So it's going above and beyond in every other team that you can do. And the second thing is, is, is building stuff for them that nobody else has done. Building a new component to a fund of activation, building a new digital product, creating a new social product, creating a new livery, putting a livery on a, on a, on a show car, all those components that you can do that you know, are, are again special to that, to that brand. But ultimately, it starts with the data we're building, and then into the partnership, and then you know what can we do beyond what we see our, our competitors do. Sounds good to me. Um, I don't have any other questions for you. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to say or you want to hit on? Um, no, I just say I say Formula One's a very exciting sport and place to be in. I think with the three races in America next year, Miami, Austin, and, and Vegas, Vegas is going to be insane. I'm actually somewhat nervous. To go for that one so why are you nervous vegas is great vegas is, vegas is great but vegas is vegas yeah um <laughs> so i just think it's an exciting time it's a fun place to be and it's it's great and you know looking forward to the future and maybe at some point we can work with genie sports so yeah i look forward to it awesome well thank you aiden thank you so much for joining me today and uh yeah good luck to you guys on your new season all right perfect appreciate it That wraps up today's episode of the Fan Engagement Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. I'm Megan Kane. Until next time.